0: All right.
1: Well, if we have not astounded you with our quality, you got to give us credit for our quantity. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, the final president, elected (laughs) in 2017 and still our current president, Donald J. Trump, Mike Pence vice president on the Republican ticket. So, I want to do this one a little bit differently for a couple of reasons. For one, um, I feel like there's not much I can tell you. Like, this is U.S. presidents exposed And Trump is kind of like, we all know the shit he's done. Like, is he bad for the environment? Fuck yeah, just like the rest of them. Is he uh, bombing other people, like killing civilians? Fuck yeah, just like the rest of them. So I want to make Trump a little bit more uh, conversational. First, I want to explore what has been called the Trump phenomenon. Like when he first started, you first started hearing about Trump. Where did all the support come from? Well... I've heard it said that uh, working class white people have largely not been swept up by the Democrats. They used to be largely progressives, like part of FDR's coalition. Now they're attracted to Trump's nationalism. The Democrats, eager to conceal their own racism—I mean, the Democrats have a long history of bigotry and um, racism—try to keep us focused on the bigotry, supposedly, of Trump and his supporters— So we've got a lot of propaganda getting thrown at us about this shit. Some of it's true. Not all of it. Um, The Democrats, when you read through history, the Civil War was all about the Democrats' protection of slavery. And, uh, you know, when you look for people that were in the Ku Klux Klan, like definitely Truman, possibly Lyndon B. Johnson, you find Democrats. Over and over, the Democrats are the ones tied to racism. Um, When you see these statues being toppled— Largely, they're probably Democrats or Democratic supporters or people that voted Democrat, um, having to do with the Civil War. Um, the Democrats have demonized the working class whites. So, around Kennedy's time, it seems like, the Democrats started really trying to co opt the immigrant and the black vote. They tried to pose themselves as we are the party for the downtrodden. And one of the ways they did that was to try to kind of turn against the other downtrodden, the poor white working class people. So now the Democrats have kind of gone along this path where, you know, they hate people with Confederate flags. They they really demonize like white privilege. You know, that's a term that Democrats have really embraced, forgetting that there's a lot of white people, and always have been, that are right there shoulder to shoulder with other people that are not getting served by our country. And instead of like supporting that alliance of all the people getting crushed by our government, they put a divisive wedge there and they benefit from it. Um, and those working class whites have nowhere else to turn. Nixon was one of the first presidents in my research that seemed to really tune into this. He, he called them the silent majority. And so that's when the Republicans started picking up these working-class white people that more and more were getting left out of the narrative of the Democrats that used to serve them. In the Civil War, if you were a poor white person, um, the same Democrats who were very racist were also supposedly trying to protect the poor white farmers. Those are the people you would look to or look to for support, not the Republicans who were in bed with the rich people and who were also trying to, uh, you know, were less racist, Um, although they're both racist. Noam Chomsky writes, in Who Rules the World, with the rightward drift, the Republican Party's dedication to wealth and privilege has become so extreme that its actual policies could not attract voters. So it has had to seek a new popular base, mobilized on other grounds. Evangelical Christians who await the second coming, nativists who fear that they are taking our country away from us, unreconstructed racists, people with real grievances who gravely mistake their causes, and others like them who are easy prey to demagogues and can readily become a radical insurgency. Mm. Republican elected officials and contenders for the presidential election expressed open contempt for the Paris deliberations, refusing to even attend the proceedings. The three candidates who led in the polls at the time, Donald Trump, Ted Cruz, and Ben Carson, adopted the stand of the largely evangelical base. Humans have no impact on global warming if it is happening at all. Hmm. So Chomsky, I get a lot from his writings, but I feel like he's kind of a lot more left-leaning than me, and I don't support a lot of his uh, views in that respect. Um, I suppose of his people that he listed, I might be listed in the uh, people with real grievances, grievances who gravely mistake their causes. I... I feel like I often I almost sound like a Trump supporter, but it's because the argument against Trump is what I hate. I think Trump is as bad as the rest of them. He's not our salvation, but no more is he worse than the rest of him. Um, the rest of them. So the first thing I remember after I like Trump was running after the shock and ridicule that like a lot of people felt, you know, like wow Trump is running, and then like what a joke, is that I thought that he actually is. The perfect face, the perfect symbol of the United States. (laughs) And I actually was kind of thinking it's sort of nice, the transparency. You know, this is actually what America looks like. Obama gives us this big image, you know, this polished refinement that's bullshit. Underneath that polished refinement is a fucking lying, serial killing son of a bitch that loves his money and that condemns the poor, that makes it harder for the poor. With Trump... We've got a rich, pompous asshole that says vulgar things that he looks like what he is. There's no polished <laughs> refinement masking this. So I think what a lot of people that uh, wonder how Trump got any support miss, one of the things they miss, is that people found it refreshing to see a man not wearing a mask. Hmm. It doesn't mean he's not a liar. It means that even when he's lying, you can see the truth of the man. He's a liar. He looks like a fucking liar.
0: He is not a politician.
1: Yeah, who imagines he's saying the things he says to try to, like, win anybody over? He's saying them because he hasn't got a fucking lick of sense, and they just blow out of his mouth. He can't help himself.
0: And sometimes in the business world, sometimes that works to your advantage, but in politics, it's a whole different game.
1: And let's face it, Donald Trump, he has won the game most of us are playing. Um, if you're people like us, you know, move, moving in your van, trying to re- escape society, this might not be so true for you. But the average American, the end of the line, you know, the goal, the final carrot is to be President Trump. Hmm. Ultimate power, ultimate wealth, ultimate fame. That's what it looks like, and I like that here is the real face of it, not this bullshit, like I said, of the other politicians who make it look more refined. It actually looks like Donald Trump. It is a vulgar thing. Um, a trophy wife, you know, and, like, who, who imagines there's a lot of love in that relationship, you know? Like, that's what it looks like, a trophy wife that, you know, it's just empty, empty. And that's what Trump's life looks like to me, empty.
0: And who's more deserving? Somebody that's like exploiting everybody gets somebody that's going to exploit him.
1: And I say if you don't like the way America looks with with Trump in charge, change America so it doesn't look like these assholes anymore. This is what America looks like. This is the way the ship is run with this kind of person at the helm. You can't just keep replacing the captain and expect the ship to be differently. It's a military warship. It's a tank. It doesn't matter if Mr. Rogers is driving the tank or not. It's still a tank. And so to me, with a war machine like we have, which the United States is, Trump looks like the head of a war machine, which 45. is built on capitalism and corporate power.
0: Forty-five times over.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, all my research of the presidents that we've done for these podcasts has only reinforced this impression that I had of Trump when he was running. The second thing I noticed about Trump that I thought about him is on the one hand, being a rich capitalist, he is definitely an insider. You know, like money has always run Washington since Washington's namesake, George Washington, who was the richest man in America. It's always been about the billionaires and millionaires. It's always been about the the 1%, the minority of powerful, rich bastards who figure out ways to exploit and control everyone else. Mm-hmm. So – um. You know, in that way, Trump is definitely on that little country club that inside the people that have always controlled politics. On the other hand, I began to appreciate that in another way, he is a non-political outsider. Again, I found that refreshing after all these slimy people that their families are in politics. They know what to say. They know how to make people think a certain way. The more the media and the other politicians, and the political parties turned against Trump, the more I started thinking, hmm, maybe there's something new going on here. (laughs) I don't know what it is, and it doesn't make me like the individual, but I liked what might be happening in America, the more support he got. To me, the fact that he got support was... The biggest reflection that people were fucking pissed off. People wanted something completely different, and they didn't even care if they were lighting a fuse that was going to blow America all to shit. They were that ready for this to end. And uh I'd say Trump has that going for him. What did you think about Trump when he was running? What were your impressions, Teresa?
0: Oh, I, I definitely thought it was a joke. I didn't think he was going to win the presidency. Oh, I
1: didn't think he was going to win either.
0: And um... – Yeah, I'm surprised that things have turned out kind of the way they have. It almost, it seems like even though he's not a politician, he's like getting ground down into that life. I mean, as much as they can, a 70-year-old something man. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens in this upcoming election. And also, I wanted to say something, but I didn't want to like jump off the base. Do you have anything uh, in connection with that uh, lawyer that, William Falk lawyer?
1: William Falk. Oh, no, I don't.
0: Well, we listened to this. What is it? The Deep Green Resistance podcast? Green Flame. Oh, Green Flame. And uh, there's this lawyer we've mentioned before, William Falk. And he was talking about uh, he became a lawyer to kind of show people in the environmental movement that you cannot use the law. You cannot use the legal system to win against all of these environmental atrocities. And I feel like the Trump presidency is kind of like that. It's like, can you not see? It doesn't fucking work for you. Can you not see that? If you can't see that and you've listened to these presidential podcasts, you you got something wrong with you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I remember while the other candidates were regurgitating the same old crafted lies, you know, with the debates and everything, I think a lot of us were, you know, like, he's throwing this, these childish insults. And instead of, like, you know, the carefully polished, like, case a lawyer would make before the judge, I kind of felt like that's what I wanted to say to these these candidates. Like, you fucking idiot. You know, <laughs> I wanted to throw childish insults at these assholes. Um, so he kind of threw the game sideways in a way, even though he's not the first one. I want to get to that in a minute. Um And while all the polished intellectuals tried to laugh him off and say, like, oh, of course he's not going to be president, his popularity grew. And to me, this exposed another important thing about the United States at this time, how removed these suits and analysts were from the silent majority. There's a whole thing happening in America, a discontent that is invisible to these assholes. This is part of me, to me, the gap between the rich and the poor. All these analysts, these these people you see on the news, they've got nothing to do with the blue-collar workers out there. Um, You know, and another thing that gets thrown out at Trump is racist, racist, racist. He might be racist. I I mean, I'd kind of be surprised if he wasn't, because every fucking politician, including Obama, against his own people in some ways, seems to be racist. But more, it's a class divide. Mm -hmm. If you play the right game, you can join the club. It doesn't really matter what color you are. Um, so I forget where I was going with that. It's been a long podcast. Um, but yeah, I I liked how both parties hated him. I remembered how like even the Republicans, you know, when he was up against the other Republicans, it's like they were all against him. You know, all the politicians hated him. And since I fucking hated the politicians, I'm thinking, wow, something important is happening here. This guy's gaining popularity and momentum and both political parties hate him. Um, one of the things I was telling my mom, we were debating about Trump at the time, was for new growth, you need to disturb the soil. I don't know what the hell Trump is, but I can see that he is disturbing the soil. He is upsetting things. And to me, that is one of the most important things to happen for something new. Not not Trump's vision, not what he wants to happen, But whatever's going to happen next, Trump is a sign of the times. And that's one of the things that I think is important about his presidency.
0: And I'd like to jump in there and just kind of pose the question about that silent majority because I understand like we're talking about, well, at least I think you're talking about people who are individuals and who are feeling like they're not being represented by these politicians that are so polished. But I also wonder... That since the game is so fucking rigged, who is the silent majority? Are we talking more about corporations? Because somebody put Donald Trump into that chair as president.
1: Yeah, you're actually. I want to talk about that in a minute. Um, I know what I was. I'd forgot that I was going to say a minute ago was, you know, I, I'm like friends with liberal, a lot of liberal people, especially on Facebook. And while he's running and they're all like focused on like what a racist he is. Meanwhile, I'm going to the public library with other homeless people and shit. And over and over, I'm running into black people that are saying they're going to support Trump, that they didn't like Obama. Um, So, yeah, that that racial divide is a lot blurrier than a lot of people think. Um, And I remember like the media hated him even while they followed him around and exploited him for their gain. They were profiting by the ratings because he was such an entertaining candidate. But, my God, any bad thing he did or said, they broadcast it everywhere. Meanwhile, we had to really dig, especially for Democratic candidates, um, to find the dirt on them. It's there, but... I never heard about it on the news. Oh, my
0: God. The Wikipedia article for Barack Obama is fucking worthless.
1: Yeah, I couldn't – I can't find anything on Trump that you don't already fucking know (laughs) because the media loves that shit. They love his ass. Um (laughs) He was causing more upset than any candidate I could remember, and some anarchists applauded this because he would be a bad president. The last thing the world needs is another politician to help the U.S. continue business as usual. Um, and that's what these episodes, to me, have been an, an effort to show, is that we don't need a good president. If there's a bad president that's so fucking bad at his job that he's actually going to hurt America, my God, that tem—that makes me tempt uh, That tempts me to vote, even though I've I've completely boycotted voting. But I want to see that. I would rather see that than like a Biden or, you know, a Hillary Clinton, another fucking politician get up there that's like, oh, I know how to run this thing. No, this thing needs to stop. So, yeah, bring on the fucking horrible politicians. I've never thought Trump was good at being president. Never thought he would be. That's one of the things I applaud about the man.
0: Basically, we need something
1: to derail this shit. Yeah. We need a monkey wrench. And Trump, he's not trying to be a monkey wrench. There was even a moment where I thought like, wow, what if he's actually trying to derail this shit? I don't (laughs) believe that anymore. I think he's just so fucking bad at his job that he is naturally a monkey wrench. (laughs) And here's some things I learned during his campaign that changed my view. I learned how deeply I oppose all government, but especially the Democrats. Um to me, they just really showed their colors to when he was running. There was this double standard. You know, they talk about, oh, don't shame people. You shouldn't shame people. I saw more vicious, venomous, narrow minded, one sided, pig headed, I won't listen to shit outside my own point of view stuff about Trump during his candidacy than I never ever saw from the left before. Um, <clears throat> and I'll never unsee it. Now I know what the left really is, what they look like. I've seen more stupid shit come out of the left camp that prides themselves on being the collegiate, the intellectuals, we're the people who read books and know stuff. And yet, they fucking go vote, which they all know how it works. You know, you gamble, you vote for one person, and if they don't win, then that is your president. And then they turn around and say, not my president. This is ignorant shit. Um Just pouring out of the left. Love Trump's hate. Meanwhile, the the venomous, ugly stuff just pours out of their mouths. Um, These militant leftists who helped elect Trump. You know, I I think Trump got elected more by the left than the right. (laughs) They paved the way. Um, All the shit about bathrooms, you know. We're fucking looking around and the environment's going down in flames. 200 species a day are dying. And... You know, while Obama's president, people don't even know where to shit anymore. You know, there's all this stuff about we need more bathrooms because we need to, like, make this one slice of our population feel more comfortable. So let's talk about that on the news all the time. I remember when that was all over the news, like, as much as the coronavirus is now. You turn on the news, fucking people are talking about bathrooms. And the whole time, there's this leftist doublespeak. No, it's not about bathrooms. But let's go back to talking about bathrooms it's apparently somewhat about bathrooms and apparently everybody was finding a place to piss and shit before. I just didn't give a shit. And, you know, this is when I started really going to odds with the leftist camp. Um, I would get attacked, you know, when I'd say maybe instead of like when the house is on fire, let's not consider how to redo the plumbing. Let's figure out how to put out the fucking fire. Um, And then the shit about toppling statues, you know, and and flags there's people that have had these confederate flags and statues that have been up for so long while we're bombing other countries while we're doing horrible things and now this is the important thing arbitrary arbitrary symbols you know you're toppling down a statue of a confederate soldier some Poor Confederate soldier on his way to fight a war. And meanwhile, here's a statue of George Washington. And you're not toppling that? A man who actually fucking owned slaves and signed the, uh, the what was it? The Slave Refugee Act? I can't remember. I can't remember. Fugitive. The Slave Fugitive oh, Act. yeah, yeah, yeah. That they're property and you got to bring them back. I mean, these are people that just are fucking turning a blind eye to history. Just arbitrary symbols. So more and more, I was just like...
0: And you've said before that the U.S. flag has more symbolism of genocide and terrorism than the Confederate flag could ever represent.
1: Yeah. I mean, and another thing I noticed during this that I learned uh, during Trump's candidacy was that the media actually is liberal biased. Um, I'd heard that before, and I thought it was just kind of the tit-for-tat kind of bullshit that goes along between political parties. But I started noticing anytime there was an issue about Trump, they would have an intellectual person that would really state their case really well about why what Trump said was bullshit. Mm -hmm. And yet, I could just on my own think of a good argument, but that would never be shown on the news, the argument, the counterpoint. If even they entertained the counterpoint, it would inevitably be some dumbass that really bungled it, that really made it look bad. And I couldn't ignore that all the way through his campaign, and still I see that. So he exposed something to me about the media. Um, I don't know why they are so... Leftist-based, but I can't unsee that.
0: It's all in who has the money and who owns those outlets, those media outlets.
1: Yeah, and I invite our listeners, you know, if you listen to the news or watch the news, pay attention to that. You know, use your imagination, just even if you don't believe the other stance. Think about what a good argument would be, and then notice what they present. Which side of the argument is presented as the intellectual reasonable one, and which one is not even addressed, and if it is, it's addressed very badly. (laughs) I mean, they are controlling our minds, you know, like... Manufactured consent. Manufactured consent. When he got elected, I was as shocked as anyone. I remember waking up that morning and like, holy shit, you know, it was almost like a cold chill went up my back, like, whoa, it's happening. Trump is the president. I don't even know what that means. (laughs) I did not expect that. Um... He's the fifth president elected without the popular vote majority, after John Adams, and there was a big scandal. What was it called? With uh, Andrew Jackson. Um, just... Yeah, it was not just like oh, the electoral college. There, it was a big scandal. It was uh, a, a crooked,
0: corrupt bargain.
1: Or the corrupt bargain. Yeah. The very first time a president is elected by the electoral college, it's called the corrupt bargain. It is a scandalous, corrupt. Thing. It's not just like, oh, this is the way it works. Um, a little bit later, we got Rutherford Hayes, and another, and again, you know, you dig into that corruption, making deals. This is the insider, the guys that's like helping out the rich people. And then you got Benjamin Harrison, same thing. And then in my very own lifetime, I've seen this happen twice. The one time I voted George W. Bush, and now Donald Trump. What does this say about America? Why do we have this electoral college? All the reasons I've found are outdated. And they were kind of suspect in the first place. Thank you, Thomas Jefferson, for starting that bullshit. Um,
0: Did you know in that 1984 election, Ronald Reagan, and I think it was Walter Mondale, and I said like uh, Reagan had like 58.8% of the popular vote and Mondale had like 40-something percent. Reagan won all the electoral colleges... All the electoral votes, except for Mondale's home state of Minnesota, and the District of Columbia, and yet Mondale still had like 40-something percent of the popular vote. Hmm. Could oh, you am- look at that map? It's like almost all Reagan, and yet 40-something percent of the population supposedly voted for this other guy. Is bullshit.
1: Yeah, in the uh, in that book, the presidents that Teresa mentioned earlier. Uh, one of the authors, Douglas Brinkley, says, A lot of people are confused about the Electoral College. They really believe democracy is about one person, one vote. And our system perplexes them through a lack of studying political science. So, what does this say about our government? And you still, like, how often during the election do you hear people say, Go vote, get out and vote, every vote counts, we need everybody. Another way of saying one person, one vote. It doesn't fucking matter. The Electoral College decides it. And if you just happen to be in alignment with the Electoral College, you get to feel like you made a difference. It's a fucking joke. And it's right there for us all to see. Now, the other question is, both parties hated Trump. Why did the Electoral College suddenly turn around and vote for him? Um, I think they just decided to uh, hitch their wagon to his star here's the popular guy, let's make some backroom deals with him that we'll never know what Trump agreed to do or not do or say. But they made a deal where if they supported him and got helped him get in office, um, now we have Republicans everywhere. And ever since, I think it's Chester A. Arthur, you know, that was one of the big presidents that... Uh, Around that time it started being about political parties. It didn't matter what kind of doofus or gomer that you could get up there. If he could win, the party was the main thing. Right. And that's what I see with Trump. The evolution from Reagan, the T V president, now to Trump. And we got it doesn't matter that it's Trump. He's just the guy that like got enough support. What matters is the administration, the party that's been, pulling
0: the strings.
1: Yeah, and even that, like if you if you think of the party as opposed to the other political party, it's the same fucking party. Um, he was the oldest man to win the presidency in history, and now look at the candidates. Mm-hmm. It's either probably going to be Trump or Biden or possibly, and I doubt it, Sanders. All of them in their seventies. Yeah,
0: old.
1: Oh. What did he open the door to, and what does that say about America?
0: Exactly.
1: And now to talk a little bit about his presidency. I think the reality TV element is really important. And we've got Kennedy who was like, you know, when TVs were getting to be in everybody's home, we've got a president that looks good on TV. I think that made a big difference with Kennedy. You know, you got this guy that looks kind of like a movie star, Uh, seems to think he is a movie star with all the sleeping around and shit that he's doing Mm -hmm. and, you know, getting in bed with Marilyn Manson, Marilyn Marilyn Manson, Marilyn 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 Monroe, Monroe. whatever.
0: Uh, same
1: thing. Long podcast. And then you got Reagan, you know, another TV movie star. Um, Trump defines himself by his enemies because this makes drama. This is good reality TV. You know, you want to watch reality TV, not when everything goes smooth, but when he says, you fired. Mm-hmm. And somebody throws a fit and then talks shit about him. That's what you tune in into reality TV for. Drama. This is what has molded Trump. Um, He feels a need to have a foil to play off of for that reason. He needs his enemies. He needs a large portion of people to be angry with him, to really talk shit about him. That's what he feeds off of. He's a reality TV star. Um, The public has been so fucking dumbed down at this point by our technology, by simulation, public relations, and political theater that we now... Don't see the lines between TV, reality TV, virtual reality, and reality. They're just so blurred. People just want to be entertained. That's what I think a big part of Trump is about. We find him fucking entertaining. We love the drama. Um, it's idiocracy. It is the beginning of idiocracy. Rich, entitled Trump has never had to answer to anyone. He's not not a CEO. He's an owner. And his bullying style, which is great for class war, classism, and TV, undermines the loyalty of his staff and creates more White House leaks than other presidents doing equally monstrous things. It's not that he's so much worse. It's that we hear about every fucking thing. If it's not from his own tweets, because he can't keep his big fucking mouth shut— it's from his own staff. They don't like him. He's a bully, so they leak things that maybe for Obama, you know, he's petting the right people, like stroking the right backs, you know, and they keep secrets so for
0: him. Having the IRS investigate people and bury them.
1: Yeah, and the liberal entertainment-based, if it bleeds, it leads media. Um, which has been a tool for propaganda and fake news ever since Jefferson, eats it up. They love this shit. It spikes their ratings to report everything about Trump to us. We want to hate Trump. It's entertaining, Hmm. whereas we wanted to be reassured by Obama as he's killing us. So that's what the media brought us about Obama, reassurance. And like I said, he's like plugging all the leaks. A word that gets applied to Trump a lot is unprecedented. What the fuck is so unprecedented? His dirty campaigning when he's calling names? Check out uh, William Henry Harrison. You know, like the things that went on in his presidency. He kind of started dirty campaigning and like kind of the little kitschy little mottos and shit. Make America great again. What was his? Uh Oh, I can't remember. It was, oh, Tippecanoe and Tyler, too. Mm. That's where that shit started. Um, My God, look at, like I said, Andrew Jackson earlier. The ugly shit. It's the same shit you hear nowadays um, that was said in his campaign. And um, George W., you know, God, he did a lot of, like, like I said, the same things he said about uh, John McCain. You know, called him the fag candidate. And for that matter, uh, Buchanan. Um, the vulgarity he uses, God, the ugly shit that comes out of his mouth. Again, Andrew Johnson, Lyndon Johnson.
0: I was gonna say LBJ.
1: Yeah, the the Johnsons and Nixon. <laughs> uh, that he's a womanizer. My God, he paid porn stars like apparently to sleep with him. But God, you look at like Thomas Jefferson fucking sleeping with a slave that he wasn't wouldn't free. That yeah. was a big scandal. You got William Henry Harrison again. He had a uh, multiple children with his slave Dilsia. Um, you got FDR, who actually, like, had an, uh, a young intern suck his brother or tried to get, a, get her to suck his brother's dick and one of his top aides while he watched.
0: That's
1: Kennedy. Kennedy. What did I say? FDR. Oh, yeah, Kennedy. While he's in the White House. But you got FDR, too. He had a lot of fucking loose shit going on in his house, Affairs you know? And Affairs. and, and stuff. Yeah, it was, all, it was crazy. And, of course, Clinton, you know, on the, what was the plane? The Lolita Express. The Lolita Express with underage girls, Jeff Epstein.
0: Before that, it was, that's
1: good. "Mm, That's good. So it's not that this is a new thing. It's just that we hear about it more. Um, Admiring dictators. You know, people make a big deal about Trump saying like, oh, you know, I respect this dictator. Um, Jefferson. He was making business deals with Napoleon. Carter. Carter. You know, making nice with the the Shah of Iran. Reagan. H.W. Bush, you know, getting all cozy with Saddam Hussein before he turned on him. And Reagan, what was Reagan doing?
0: All the dictators in Central America.
1: Yeah, this is not unprecedented. His dishonesty, his crime and corruption. Fuck, you got John Adams, you know, he's part of this corrupt bargain. You got Jefferson, my God, all the corrupt shit he did. Uh, I don't want – I'm not even going to get into it. Just go back to our presidential podcast if you're curious. Andrew Jackson fucking declared martial law in New Orleans and wouldn't let it go and actually put people in jail that questioned him. Um, It was a big cover-up that came out during his dirty campaign that I mentioned earlier. Lincoln, the fucking lying shit he did. Washington, Buchanan, McKinley, Chester Arthur, Harding, Truman, Kennedy, Nixon, Reagan, both Bushes, Obama. Check out any of these if you think this is a new unprecedented thing. What else you got? You know, what's unprecedented? He's R- slimy. Racism. I don't, I'm not even going to dignify that with a response. Uh, foreign interference. Stupidity. Harming the environment. The wall and immigration. All this shit is not unprecedented. Obama talked about putting up a wall, not only just against, you know, like he wasn't just against illegal immigrants, he actually mentioned a wall. That's conveniently forgotten with this United States amnesia that we exercise. And this Orwellian ignorance is encouraged. They want us to forget. Keep forgetting. Keep rewriting history. Another factor is the technology. Shit just gets out there faster. I think that's another thing that makes Trump seem unprecedented. We keep forgetting what the other presidents did and this new technology. Trump is a fucking child. He's a buffoon with the tweets. He lets us know everything. I I laughed one time when I saw this meme that's like, well, I finally know there's no aliens buried in uh, Area 51. Because if the presidents know about it, Trump would have never been able to keep this a secret. <laughs> <laughs> Which has some truth to it. What are some current events during his presidency? What are some things you think of? Things that have happened since he's been in office that uh, we talk about.
0: I mean, oh, God, you put me on the spot. And...
1: Well, Kim Jong un in Korea. That's been a thing. This whole thing with North Korea. Mm-hmm. You know, like, there's a long history there, as I said earlier, with Truman and and W. Bush. Uh, All the shit with Russia, you know, people talk so much shit about Trump making nice with Russia, considering all the times Russia's been fucked.
0: And has saved the world from complete destruction.
1: Yeah, if we have a president that is indeed finally making nice with Russia, I gotta say, to me, that's not a point against him. Hmm. Um, And if it's about Russia meddling in our elections. Holy shit. (laughs) I mean, if you are offended that somebody might have meddled in our elections and you're not offended by what we've been doing for well over 100 years meddling in everybody else's business. (laughs) I just I don't even know what to say to that. I'm speechless. You're hopeless. You are hopeless. And of course, now the coronavirus, you know. Um, people are making a big deal of, uh, Trump saying like, oh, this, he hopes it'll be over by Easter. I hope it'll be over by Easter myself. Well, I don't know if it's actually going to like end civilization, then, you know, I hope it does what it's got to do. But if it's just an inconvenience, shit, I'm with him. I hope it's over by Easter. That doesn't mean we all like charge out after Easter and like, woo, it's done. It's just, I don't know what, would be so different than another president would have done. And if it was Trump and he'd have done another thing, I'm convinced the people that have decided not to like him, anything he does at this point, they would not like it.
0: Yeah, I I was reading, and I'll go ahead and name this book because uh, I was going to do that anyway, The People versus Barack Obama by Ben Shapiro. Now, Ben Shapiro, uh, I'm not saying he's the greatest author, and I'm not saying I believe everything in the way that he says it, but I don't have any reason to think that his facts that he presents are just completely made up. I think maybe some of the things, of course, is he's biased on. But my point being, God, what was the point? My point being that you read some of the things that Barack Obama has said, for example, and I tried to imagine hearing Donald Trump's voice say those things. And I got this cringe on my face because even though, I think Barack Obama is slimy and nasty. I also think Donald Trump is slimy and nasty. So if you don't believe me, you read something of Donald Trump's in Barack Obama's voice, at least in your head, and vice versa, and you tell me what the outcome is. You tell me how you think after that. Because I think what's happening is we're stuck in a paradigm, and it's like, us versus them. And both of them are fucking bad. But if you got somebody that sounds polished and all nice and good, then of course you're going to like them better. It's just all in the packaging.
1: It's politics. And uh, in the time period that we've talked about for this podcast, Carter through Trump, half of the earth's biomass has been lost. That's like, you know... (laughs) I don't even know how to wrap my mind around that. Half of the, the life on this planet, non-human life, has been lost with all these environmental regulations. Think about the differences in presidents, You know, supposedly the differences in presidents. This is through Carter. This is through Clinton. This is through Obama. Democrats, supposedly, that care about the environment. This is why I once thought I was a Democrat. In that time, during their presidents, along with the, the Republican presidents as well, In that time span, we've lost half of the life on this planet to pollution. This is not working. It's not getting fixed by either fucking party. I predict that there will not be another seven presidents. Each one of these sections has been eight or seven presidents. We've broken them up. I don't think we could do another one. I think this is the end. I think this is the collapse. I'm not saying Trump will necessarily be the last one. But I don't think there'll be another seven more. I think we're on our way out. What we're witnessing is the unraveling of industrial society. And I think the sooner it happens, the better chance all life on this planet has of surviving. More life is going to survive. Um, And I applaud it. So my final thought and words on Trump is that if you really love him or you really hate him, it's the same thing. Trump is a distraction. It's not about him. If you really love like what he says and that he tells it like it is and, you know, all the shit he says, they're just keeping you busy. They're doing whatever the fuck they want to you behind the scenes while you're applauding him. And the same thing with all these liberals who uh, I got a friend whose wife, they were talking about tripping mushrooms a while back and she said, no, I can't do it. I can't do it while Trump is president. I'll have a bad trip. Oh God. Give me a fucking break. He's in your head. It's not about Trump. What I always ask these people, I mean, they have you see what they want you to see. And I always ask them, so you weren't bothered before? (laughs) My God, this is what upsets you, this clown they have parading in front of us to say either what you like or what you hate. It's beside the point. And that's one of the reasons why when we got to Trump and it's my turn to talk about Trump, I didn't want to just go through a laundry list of like, what's wrong with Trump, because we're already so distracted by that. Something new, I feel like, has happened. I've never had a president in my lifetime that the media so consistently condemned. I don't want to just get on board and encourage that distraction. Something is happening here, and it's not about Trump. It's about what he's being used as. So look underneath Trump. It doesn't matter whether you love or hate him. Hate the fucking government who is still maintaining power and is behind Trump. It doesn't matter what mask they wear, whether it's blue or red. It's the same fucking people. And that's all I have to say about Trump.